Where's uh old Barry? Ah, looking to catch another whooping, are you? Just shut up and shuffle, you moose fucker. Well, moose are quite big and strong, so I'll take that as a compliment. Just like I take breaking your board as a compliment to my superior intellect. Just shuffle the cards. If Barry comes in and sees that this will never win another game, we're not ready to play a guy at that level. Whether you have Labyrinth deck or even a Rescue Ace deck, his Unchained deck is top-notch curly, and we really need to get our timing down. You hear that? Hear what? Don't try to distract me and get all paranoid. It's not going to work this time. No, I, I, I really heard something. Forget it. Cut the deck, you doughhead. All right. Heads or tails? Heads or tails for what? <gasps> Barry, it's not what it looks like. Yeah, Barry, it's a hologram. What a chucklehead. Yeah, it wouldn't have the techers who know how to set up something like that, Roscoe. Okay, okay. I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with Carly from time to time. And that one that likes bringing his shit kickers into my clean store. And Jethro. And that Keener looking for handouts. Austin. And that rink rat that always steals your lighters. At Merrill, but that's it. How long? What? How long, Roscoe? About eight and a half inches, but uh, I don't see how that's relevant. In your dreams, hoser. How long have you been playing behind my back? A couple of days. Let me I see. Guess. Barry, don't. Branded Despia, huh? Even have a side deck and a mat. Is that. Roscoe, I'm starting to think you've been playing for at least six months. Try adding a year to that. Why? You know why. And why didn't you tell me? Because then I wouldn't get to see this moment. <laughs> I'd kill you if I wasn't banging the sheriff's deputy slash sister. Doubt as a bush dusty that you would have a shot, but we can't have a go, you hoser. I think I... I've been trying for years to get you to play this, Roscoe. I'm tired of losing, Barry. I'm tired of not being good at these games. Barry, you're so good at every one you play. And and me, well, I'm just me. A no good wannabe tabletop gamer. And I just wanted to get good at this so I can at least give you a good match. You see, Barry... I want to be as smart and as wise as you. Just be good at something. Do you think you can ever forgive me? He's full of beaver shit, eh? He got tossed in a clink by Kimothy because he couldn't stop gambling. Found an underground Yu-Gi-Oh gambling ring from upcountry. Come on! I can't even look at you, Roscoe. I'm just... I'm just so disappointed. What the hell, Cran? Barry, come back!
Welcome to the How Do We Get Here podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that that opener. I think it's solid. I think it's solid. It's good. It's good. Uh, my foot. I still think the best one. I. Okay. Okay. I will say this is the most emotionally depth. Uh, has the most. Most emotional depth out of all the episodes, but also uh, Roscoe's full of shit, which I love. Yeah. Um, uh, I've said it before. I, I love writing for Roscoe more than any other character because yeah, he's just an asshole. And we're slowly fleshing out that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're starting to get into our a little was, bit of a stride. I will say he was a little Nick Millery. But a little, little Nick Miller. I love the, I love Nick Miller, mm-hmm. so it's okay. I think more um, vindictive than Nick Miller, though. Like Nick Miller E, but a little more vindictive. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's why yeah. I love Nick Miller E, not Nick yeah. Miller. You know. Uh, so if you guys are new here, by name, the co the host is yes, Justin the Reyes. Co-host, the co-host, Justin Reyes. <laughs> what do we have a bet? Do we? Have yeah, a- you were supposed to look up the last episode, the one before last, anyways, and uh, see if uh, uh, I said. Something about my adrenal gland you, exploding. And I still didn't look it up, but I know you did. Yeah. I know you did. I don't know. You um, didn't look it up because <laughs> you conveniently didn't look it up. So I think I won that. No. Um, so your co-host, so we'll Justin Reyes. We'll do it next episode. Host, Justin Reyes. Co-host, Brad Reyes. Co-host, Brad Reyes. You said it already. Co-host, co-host Justin Reyes. Co-host, Brad Reyes. Co-host, Justin Reyes. Co-host, Brad Reyes. <laughs> you said it already. Host, Justin <laughs> You already gave it up. You're, just take the L. Just take the L. Host, Justin Reyes. Co-host, Brad Reyes. Have some so, self-respect. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Co-host, Brad Reyes. So we're... <laughs> <laughs> we are that. Um, and we decided to do a podcast together one time. We're and brothers who touch tips. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I didn't consent to that. Um, <laughs> you were sleeping. <laughs> that that uh, did yeah. not happen, guys. That's super rapey. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we are brothers. Decided to do a podcast together. We've been doing this for a little bit now. We have a lot of great episodes in our back catalog. If you guys wanted to, if you're new here, you know, take some time to, to learn. Um, some of my favorite ones, uh, guidebooks. Yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, backpacks I thought was a good one. Yeah, Coca Cola. Yeah, or sodas really was really sodas. Uh, but the board game one was cool. Uh, the board game I, one the was, was really cool. The Scotch game, the Scottish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed doing that one. Uh, the um, Mormon episode I feel like is my full, my full maybe on. my strongest uh, researched episode. Yeah, the Mormon. Yeah, full on, full on, full on, full on, philanthropy, philanthropy. That's what. Yeah, it's philanthropy. Like. So we did one off Lampy that's also really good. Yeah. Um, you know what would be cool? Maybe, maybe we'll reach out to some people, see what their favorite episodes are. Um, I've thought about like doing some re- re-uploading them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not re-recording them. Some of our original ones I think we need to revisit. I think the first maybe five. Yeah, but then the other ones maybe like if we... So we've had gaps. Like the cell phone one is rough. Yes. Yeah, and, that was our very first one. That was just and I think down. we could even just... Um, uh, can we can we put things like earlier in the catalog or just releases where it releases? We can put them earlier in the catalog, so it'll release as a new episode. But it'll yeah. it'll be like I'm thinking separated we put season it, one. Um, uh, we could put it right next to episode one, and then put um, if we can, if we can't do it that way, that's fine. But I'm thinking we put it right next to episode one, put episode one revisited, revised, mm-hmm. um, you know, remastered, whatever. Well, some people will do that too. They'll they'll do like a so it'll be still season say season four. Yeah. But it'll be episode one revisited, revised, or yeah. something like that, and it'll be in, in season four, so you know that we're redoing it. Um, yeah. But it'll be like re-recorded; it won't be just re-uploaded. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking because I, I we have one. I know I want to finish the copy coffee one in another minisode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking to like fulfill our gaps because I've we're starting to get better. 
Yeah. But there may be, there may be come a time where like we, we have a bad, like, so next week we can't record. Well, I think that, I think it's what it is, is yeah. So we can't next week. We can't record, but maybe if we have gaps like that, we can just upload some of our older episodes mm-hmm. and re air them because they are, they are really good. And maybe we have new people that haven't heard them yet, or yeah. maybe they just missed that when we upload it. Cause there's, there's shows that I've had that where I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know they did that. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe, maybe we can do that to fill in some of those, those gaps. Um, so, um, I will say, I think it's because we're getting better at the one, the research. So we're, we're finding out what minimal information we can give you to give you a, a strong scope of what's happening. Yeah. Um, we're also <clears throat> the banter's better, like the timing of like when we're messing with each other and all that stuff. Like, because early on, like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little ADHD. So, um, <laughs> like, especially early on, I was learning how to behave during a episode while Justin's reading stuff. Maybe I wasn't always behaving the best because it doesn't. It's not giving enough room for Justin to do what his part is, his yeah. role is. Well, there was um, a lot of growth. Well, I, I tell Jordy mentally immaturity. Our little yeah. brother Jordy, he was on the last episode, but I tell him all the time, I was like, because I don't know if you guys can hear him talk at all because he can't talk. Yeah, uh, I was really bad, and honestly, doing podcasting, I started with pod hacks and this, especially early on in this, was like learning for me enunciate. to to enunciate, speak properly, mm-hmm. and also mic etiquette. Right, mm-hmm. I, I, doing the podcast with my wife and my daughter, like they're they're learning it. My daughter obviously is going. She's, she hasn't got down. Yeah. Uh, in, in, like, fair, in fairness to Justin, he's a really small mouth. <laughs> I do have a smaller mouth. He does. Yes. It's and, funny. And I think it's I, funny. Uh, <laughs> a, little, a little lips. <laughs> and, and so like we listen to times like we talk about Dan. He talks about getting um, mouth sores and getting tongue tied because he has a smaller mouth. And every time he says it, I'm like, preach. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I do is because I feel you. <laughs> I have uh, I have scars from uh, from wrestling with braces. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who wrestled with braces and didn't always wear their mouth guard like they probably should, um, you know this. Like I have lots of scars, so every once in a while I'll like bite one of my scars and then it'll become swollen. But that's about it. Like I have, I have a big mouth. I, I yeah, he does. I stuff um, things in him all the time. <laughs> but I, I'll get I get like sores every now and just because I have a smaller mouth or like the acidity doesn't sit well. Yeah, and so like I have found some some mouthwash that's awesome with it. And, and Scarlet started to, she's gotten a couple. Um, and she like, obviously her first like canker yeah. was like devastating for her. She's like, ah, it hurts all the time. Yeah. Cancers hurt. <laughs> I, I've gotten a couple of my, life, like two or three maybe, but they suck every time. I, I get, um, yeah. often. Yeah. And so I, I found that and then like, I, I do that. I rinse out a couple times and gone where no. before I would just like grin and bear it for as long as it took and, and just get used to it. But I just, you know what I mean? People, people have their, people have their things. Grin and berry. So. It, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> uh, not, to fill the gaps, I think we'll yeah. re, we'll re-upload some of the past episodes. Um, yeah. We have grown also because of you guys, because yeah. we have received some awesome feedback, and we mm-hmm. have said it from the beginning. We will always say it. We are open to any feedback you have, yeah, any good, criticism. bad, and different. Yeah, you love what we're doing. You hate what we're doing. Yeah. You want to see something different. You have ideas mm-hmm. for it. We want to hear it all. Yeah. And uh, the best way to do that is probably emailing us at hcwdhpod one at gmail.com yeah. or you can also find us on Instagrams um, at, at hcwdhpod. Yeah, and that's honestly that would be that would get the quickest response. Yeah, is Instagram messaging. Yeah. Uh, but we will also like read our emails. You can also go to the anchor page and donate to the show or leave a voice message. I, I know, like we've we've talked about voice messages. People just don't like doing it. Yeah, like they just don't want to leave the voice messages. Yeah, uh, we would be like super pumped and and maybe uh, I don't know. We'll figure out something like to give you if you leave us a voice message because we are looking forward to some. Um, but we understand because I don't leave voice messages on other people's show, so I, I get why people don't want to. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a little tougher. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think that's it for our, our call to action. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted to touch on in the intro? Because we're trying no. to be a little more concise yeah, this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'd rather I'd rather just move on. Let's get to ads and um Excuse me. Sorry. Do you, do I, you want to do a Marvel minute? Have you watched any? Have you caught up on any? I I'm like only up like three episodes into Ashoka. Um, I haven't really watched anything else. I Secret Invasion. I haven't watched really anything at all. So, um, I I've I I've been dealing with some mental fallout from um from the traumatic experience I just experienced. Yeah. Um, a couple episodes ago, he talked about it in, in depth. If you guys are interested as to what that was yeah yeah so um focusing is uh more difficult than i'd like it to be um i'm I'm even with you know with with help of medications and stuff like that i i still am having issues so um like this episode is is a two-parter that should have been a one-parter but i couldn't i couldn't make myself focus um um enough to get far enough but it's gonna work out this morning we do a small window this morning stuff yeah yeah so um and and, and so it worked out in in that in that regard and also there's quite a bit of information that we have to get through and and we're only touching um the tips we're well we're getting about halfway through it oh okay we're getting halfway down the chat i mean the the, 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 i'll dock um so (laughs) so um but it just so yeah just full disclosure i'm just i'm not um mentally where i'd like to be um, which is going to take some time. It's going to take some time. And mm-hmm. I'm like kind of stressed about that cause I would like to get back to work, but I'm just, it's, I can't handle that stress right now. And, um, even though I'm stressing about not working, I think the stress of working would be worse. Yeah. Um, and something my doctor and I have talked about. Um, so, um, yeah, be patient with me. Um, yeah. you know, show, show a little grace. Um, and I, I promise I'll be back to normal before we all know it. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm the only one that notices this. Um, you know, well, there's not a lot, uh, luckily, as far as like the Marvel Minute side for people that want to watch. There hasn't been a lot going on there. They've they've slowed things down. Uh, Loki is now that's like the big one that we we're both been excited for. But yes, you'll you'll catch up too. And it's, it's well, six, I've been six excited for Ahsoka, and it's been really good. I just I mm. I'm like, I don't know. My brain's not where I. Ray like Stevenson it to be. crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he did an amazing job. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but there's really. Till next year with Deadpool, whenever it gets released, yeah, yeah. we will have a gap, so you have time to. I want to say it's like, well, you gotta they gotta get the acting strike. Sack it's, it's, it's just done. It's just finished. I just saw that they extend the writer strike it. is done. Oh yeah, the SAG the actors, but the actor strike is still going on. So yeah. um, until that's done, there's which be, I don't uh, understand. The studios are losing money right now. Yeah. But they're they're trying to to they want the they want to control people's likeness. They, that's been the battle for forever, right? That was the whole Chappelle battle. That was the whole. Some of them understand, some of them don't. Is this the, until they get them all to understand? It's just the wrong people in charge always, and and it just it takes a certain type of personality to be in those positions. Yeah, the, the big sticking point from from what I've read is that they want to be able to recreate you using AI, and then they don't have to pay you, or they have to pay you less. Yeah. And so they're like, fuck you. They never no. have to hire you. Well, and then that was like the the way that the court ruled on the uh, the writer's information like ai you can't use it basically is what they're saying um it it has to be original you're you're held to the same standards of plagiarism yeah as yep. as you are as a writer which makes sense yep. i don't understand why that was even a a thing <laughs> yeah you can't sell people's work just because you said that well, the computer did it exactly because that's all the computer does <laughs> is it takes other people's work and it amalgamates it into something yeah and not even great yet i mean it's going to get better but it's not even great yet yeah yeah 
Um, and it is, and AI is just going to keep evolving from here. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it doesn't, we don't, well, that's what Skynet, but yeah, that's where they're trying to get ahead of it with AI too. I know when I talk about it, like the, the musicians were the first kind of one to drop as far as payments for, uh, streaming because they weren't, there's not a whole lot of like accurate data. We've learned this with like podcasting. There's a lot of accurate data and then it's hard to quantify what is, was real listens and not listens and our watches and how to split up the payment for that. And, and so the, well, and right now musicians for their released work on like uh, Spotify and, and Apple podcasts is woeful. It is, it is, they get pennies on the pennies on the dollar mm. uh, for their work. Yep. And, and the, it's gotten better with some like Apple. Cause whenever Jay Z did title and then Spotify and it's gotten better, but it's still like, it's not. And Spotify is terrible. Cause I, I know yeah. I have a buddy who's um, who releases music, uh, you know, semi-regularly for his band, Celestial Exile. Mm-hmm. Um, he just got back from a tour with a different band in Japan. Pretty dope. I think I talked about it, this on the podcast already. Um, and so uh, he probably backed this dope-ass uh, banner that has uh, a lot of the straw hats on it. Nice. They're like partying at the end of Wano. It's like a, a shot of that, but it's like the art's not, it's not colorized. It's pretty cool. It's freaking dope shit. Yeah. And he got me a little sticker to go with it. Um, he's like, he doesn't watch One Piece, but I do. And he knows I love it. So, yeah. Um, uh, and then he, he finally started watching uh, Black Clover. And he's like, dude, this show's so good. I was like, I know. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, All right, Brad. Back to Spotify. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ADHD. Um, I didn't take my, 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 my ADHD meds this morning. Um, so anyways, uh, but yeah, he was talking about how, uh, like, they get hardly anything per listen. Um, like, they get next to nothing per listen. No, so. there's there's a lot of, like, we're, we're a smaller podcast, and we, we understand that. Hopefully one day we, we go bigger. But I, I've listened to, like, a lot of, like, the bigger podcasts complain about this, where it's that you get a deal with a company that is willing to pay you for your, your views. And usually they want they want appearances, and they want other things as well, and merchandise. They don't, podcasters don't get paid anything from these, these places, even with podcasting growing as big as it is. And that's going to be the next one that's going to be, like, a, a battle as podcasters versus the platforms mm-hmm. right because they don't pay them anything like you have to have your own website sell merchandise unless you have like yeah. again unless you have millions of views where you you happen to have a company invest money into yeah, you your sponsorship you're you're kind of yeah you're, you're not gonna make a living yeah. off of it well that's like why i appreciate anchor for what they are you know it um and anchor is through spotify so they've they've done like some things to help yeah yeah it's just not well it, it was it was anchor was its own thing and then got bought out by spotify yes, yes. um so it is it's, it's a podcast app now and, and honestly in in full transparency we would get money a little bit like not a lot but like a tiny bit of money and like more help from anchor before it was bought by spotify once yeah. spotify bought it like a lot of that went away a lot of it went away yep. that's why that's why i specifically mentioned mentioned anchor and like it's a free yep. app and it like and I'm not just saying that because they do sponsor the podcast, but I, I'm, I'm saying that because it's genuinely helpful resource. Yep. Um, yeah. It's so, it's so messed honestly when they bought, bought by Spotify. So it's not like you're not getting for like overall listens. Mm-hmm. They're judging you based on what you do on Spotify alone, which sucks because Spotify is a second tier podcasting application. Yeah. Uh, Apple podcasts Compared, is more listen. Yeah. And, and I know people will be like, and, well, and YouTube be, people like to go to YouTube too. Yeah. Cause like that, that's something like we really need to evolve to is be like a on YouTube full episodes on YouTube snippets on YouTube, but we just don't have that kind of time uh, to do that and be prepared for it. Cause like, once we go to YouTube, I think that's going to help skyrocket a It'll lot of this. Skyrocket a lot. Of this. So we're, we're that's working. where a lot of people want to watch us as YouTube. That's what I hear a lot. I'm gonna go check it out on YouTube. I was like, we, we don't really have much on YouTube right now. Yep. So we're gonna we're working on the studio, and then hopefully we can get to that. Um, we'll, we'll we'll aim. You know what? We'll set a date. 
January 1st. We're going to start start January 1st, start recording for YouTube. Yeah. We're going to set up and start doing that uh, because we know that's what's going to help. But it is, it is frustrating because it's like it's Apple podcast was the, the main podcasting platform and it will always be the number one place for people to go listen to podcasts, yeah. whether you feel one way about Apple or not, it is the main one. And, and Spotify just like forcing their, cause most people use anchor because it's the, the it's the best one. It is as far as podcasting. Platform. It is. It's the most convenient, easy yes. to use, user friendly. There's really, really not is. many, there's not really many others. And the ones that there's not as good. There's not uh, as good. And then there's like forcing Spotify. Uh, but that's, we, we promise not to ramble. We round a little bit. So yeah. let's, let's move, move well, on. I do love you guys. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to the body. Yes. We're going to get into the body. Hmm. This episode is once again brought to you by Coop Cooper Enterprises. And those sweet, sweet nerps. These guys. Do, 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 do. Ride every night for Coop. These do, mics. Do, 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 do. Long to record for Coop again. The money's on Coop, yeah. Do, 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 do. I love you, Coop. Hello, everybody. This episode is once again brought to you by Oceus. We love working with Oceus. Not Not right, we do. Are they a great company? They are. They have great products. They do. Yeah, they are well known for their waterproof blankets, which is the puffy camping blanket, the Sherpa blanket, the fleece blanket, the compact pocket blanket, as well as the Mylar emergency blanket. I can tell you for the product, for the durability, for the quality, for how easy they are to ship in and out uh, because how lightweight they are. The prices are awesome. And also, when you go to OCASoutdoors.com, they will prompt you with a, you just add in your email in 15% off your first order. Yeah. Beautiful. That's not good enough. If you buy something or your order is over $50, free shipping. Free shipping. Yep. Which you should be able to clear pretty easily because- Especially- uh, Yeah. Yeah. You get the backpack cooler. Yeah. That's over 50 bucks right there. It clears your, your whole net. With a 15% discount, you bring that bad boy down, you get yourself a blanket and a cooler, you're freaking ready, rock and roll, baby. Yeah, it was the perfect Christmas gift. Guess what? It's also a pretty good Valentine's Day gift it's, with spring it, coming. It's a pretty good just, I'm going to treat, treat me, okay? Yeah. Treat yourself gift, okay? No, they are awesome. Like the backpack, as soon as you open up the website, well, the backpack will be there and for good reason. It keeps your shit cold for 16 hours, yeah. as they claim, and it, it does a pretty damn good job of that. Um, yeah. It's not only is it, it's pretty big for its size, it can fit 45 plus cans, which is pretty remarkable. Yes. It has leak-proof technology. Yes. Padded shoulder pads. Yes. Bottle opener. Yes. Comes in three different colors. Yeah, it has a little mesh pocket too, baby. Mm-hmm. A little mesh pocket too, baby. Yeah. yeah. And the three colors, it's gray, black, and blue, man. What, well, what all the colors look really good. They're fantastic. Yeah, between the backpacks and the blankets, uh, I mean, it's everything that you could possibly want as far as outdoor activities year-round. Yeah, it helps you get you helps you get to places hydrated, okay, and keeps you warm and dry. Yeah, Ocean's, what more do you need? Oceans is really awesome. Well, we look forward to working with them and continue to working with them in the future. We love this company. We love this product. Oceasoutdoors.com. Follow them on Instagram as well. Oceas because they have some pretty cool pictures there yeah. as well. O c e a s outdoors.com today. Yeah. Thank you, Oceas. High five, Oceas. Okay, guys. So um, I put together my lists. Of course, I have a ton of them. Um, one of the list at the beginning is just all of the, um, TCG games, TCG, OCG, LCG, uh, CCG. Um, but I'm not going to read them all. There's 53 of the ones that are still inactive, but there's like, hold on. I have the note right here. Um, I never sent the notes to you, did I? 
have, I have like the list. Is that what you're, you're talking about? Yeah, this is what I'm on right now, but I didn't send you like the, the body notes today. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, we'll get to it here. Yeah, Brent, Brent, Brent was like, you fuck know what? You. Uh, you just sit there. And so there's 384 um, Even though people total. Um, it's cool. I'm not worried about total it. I wouldn't worry TCG about games it. ever, um, keep not including doing doing. the I don't need to have the notes anyway. 31 non-collectible, oh, uh, customizable card games, uh, or LCG living card games. Um, so these are the non-collectible LCG games. Um, and there's, there's th- 31 of these. Um, so these games are very similar to CCG games, but lack randomness to, to the purchase and distribution of the cards. Uh, most are sold in as complete sets and are therefore not collectible. Some of these games weren't meant to were meant to be traditional CCGs with booster packs, but the booster packs were uh, never released. So, what is a CCG? CCGs are uh, collectible common deck card games. Uh, there's four of these um, that are outside of the parameters of the of my of the 50s or the 380 whatevers, um, 381. I want to say 384 of the. Uh, of the actual what I listed down, um, these card games are uh, very similar to CCGs, um, actual CCGs uh, like the ones that will, will make the list because not all games are TCG; they're LCG, CCG, all that. Anyways, um, however, an, an OCG is just online card games, and usually they have a uh, so like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. I think I mentioned this in the my other notes, but uh, Yu-Gi-Oh has the OCG, which is based on Japanese rules and it has CC, uh, TCG, which are based on the U S rules. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so these games are very similar to CCGs. However, they do not meet the strict definition because, uh, all players use a shared deck also known as a common deck similar to Uno. Um, the, there's little to no interest in collecting these cards, uh, notable non-collectible card games. So these games don't have, uh, you don't collect them. You just buy the decks kind of like the, the collectible common deck, but they're, um, even less collectible than that, I guess. So there's 21 of these. Um, this is a catch-all category for games that appear similar to CCGs, like I was saying, but don't meet that strict definition one way or another. Um, uh, there's also OCG, which I was just talking about, online card games, uh, which are just TCGs that have their own rules. Okay, so that was in this in this set of notes. And ban uh, list separate from their counterparts. Um I know in, in Yu-Gi-Oh that's the OCG is based off Japanese rules and OCG is based on uh, or TCG is based off of uh, US rules, but most cards transfer over except OCG exclusives. Obviously, Jas- J- uh, Japan gets their cards before the rest of the world. So, like usually, um, uh, like if a country is releasing a, um, I don't have these in your. I didn't send you these parts. Yeah, of the I, notes. I don't got anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. I didn't send you this parts <laughs> in the notes. They are on that list, but I just I wrote this up after I I sent that on to Evernote. Okay. Um, these are also separate, um, uh, just uh, TCGs that have their own rules that are uh, list separate from their counterparts. Like I was saying, um, Japan gets their cards first. Just reiterating because I I lost my place, and also based on <laughs> what's on the respective ban list. So there's a thing called ban list where cards are like they're too crazy, um, like Pot Agreed in in Yu-Gi-Oh, where like you just play a card, you get to draw two cards. They ban that card. Like it's it's too much. It really is. It's a it's a two for one. There's there's no cost to it. So even if like somebody ash blossoms it, there's like mm. I'll, all I'm paying is one card. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, I, I could pay that one card. It's like oh I don't get to use it. Cool, whatever. Ash uh, ash blossomed. Ash blossom and joyous spring. Did you imagine get ash blossom? That's weird. Um, <laughs> this little girl. That's weird. Um, <laughs> power power puff. Do, 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 do. Um. Anyways. Um. Uh, 
So me mojo jojo. Now you got my ADHD going real hard. Um, so that's what she said. Um, see, I, I can't help myself, and it's <laughs> and it's honestly become worse after the the uh, incident. I don't know what else to call it. The event, yeah. um, like my compulsiveness and my um, I don't know. It's become a lot worse. Like I. <laughs> I have a hard time not saying it was already bad, but it's like way worse now. I don't know what's going on anyways. Um, but, uh, those are basically the, the, you know, the non core of the, uh, trading card world, uh, whether the trading cards or not. So the main, there's 53 ones that are still in, uh, um, uh, in service. Um, so like I just, uh, Wikipedia, they had a list of all of them. This is where I got most of this information, not all of it, most of it. Um, you can find this list, um, but um, so I was gonna do like a little synopsis on every single one of them. I got to the sixth one because, like, in comparisons to nose, there's not very many. There's 53 uh, insert in play in print card games, and there's a 331 that aren't printing anymore. So I was like, after I realized, like, I got to the sixth one, and I kind of scrolled through and I started counting. I was like, yeah, I'm stopping at six. Um, there's a couple that I like. I'll put a little notes here and there um, because they're a little bit more well, well known. And I just want to make sure that I'm being very clear. But other than that, it is, um, yeah, there's, there's just too many to go through all of them. So uh, I'm just gonna read the first six that were on the list. Um, not necessarily more, definitely not like the most uh, uh, prestigious or anything like that, but uh, 2019. And, and I will say I play uh, Pokemon and uh, I play Magic the Gathering and I play Yu-Gi-Oh! So, a lot of my, which are the, you know, the, the main three, um, the big three. No, they're the main three of the TCG world. Um, so 2019 Animo, Animo Games, Bible Verse, TCG. Uh, it's almost exactly like Pokemon, except it has Bible Verses in its description. Uh, uh, there is 2009 Battle Sports, uh, Battle Spirit, sorry, uh, by Bondi. Uh, the, the art reminds me kind of of Yu-Gi-Oh!, but the play is similar to Magic. But it's like kind of its own thing at the same time, and it, this this has been printing since two thousand nine. Animo, sorry, Animo or Animo, I don't know how they want to pronounce it, but it has been in print since twenty nineteen. Um, uh, Beast Clans in print since twenty seventeen. Beast Clans LLC is it's, it's like a reverse Pokemon with almost di uh, Digimon art. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just a Kickstarter right now. Um, two thousand three Berserk. Uh, Fantasy World uh, Incorporated uh, art and slash Hobby World looks to be a magic slash Yu-Gi-Oh hybrid. Um, I don't. It, it looks really dope, uh, just like the rest of the Berserk mediums. Um, I mean, even the, even the animation, it's a little CGI, but it's still really good. Um, 2008 Bible Battles Trading Card Games, uh, Bible Battles Trading Card Games LLC um, came out in 2008. It's very magicy. But it's totally its own thing, and it just looks not fun at all to me. Like it looks terrible. Um, I don't know why people are playing it. I don't. I don't get it. Um, the Nemo game doesn't look too bad, but this game is just not. It just does not. It doesn't look fun. I don't like the structure of it. It's it's way too loose. The, the rules are wonky. I don't know. It was. It looked dumb. Anyways, uh, uh, twenty twenty uh, uh, started the printing of Build Divide TCG by Bandai, um, or Bandai. Um, and so this one looks really cool. It's like, uh, an, an anime show put into decks, like, uh, and it plays like magic Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's its own thing for sure. They have this really, uh, 
like well known. It's, it's Japan, right? Bandai, um, Activision, I think, is the is the parent company that released it, um, which make you know they they produce animation, um, anime, Japanese anime. Um, animation. They uh, they got this guy who's like really 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 smart at building games, and he was very involved in in a lot of animation projects, animation. and uh, uh, it, it looks really cool. I would definitely play this game. Like I would I would definitely get into this game. Uh, the art's awesome, all that stuff. Um, and then it just kind of goes off. There's, um, you know, card fight and, and the caster chronicles and, uh, the, the Digimon game, um, there it, that came out in 2021. There is older versions of this game. Uh, don't worry about you fucking nerds. Um, you know, I know what I'm talking about. You know oh, that Digimon are digital monsters. Yeah. Digimon are the champions. Yep. Um, it came into this, uh, digital world, you know, uh, I forgot that I used to know it. Um, anyways, <laughs> Uh, they're Disney. Uh, so Ravensburg put out Disney, uh, uh, Lurkana, um, uh, Dragon Ball Super. They have their, they have their thing going on. It's 2017. Uh, there is Z and two other versions, but they're no longer in print. Um, and Disney, the Lurkana just came out this year. It's a, it's a brand new card game that's Disney based. Um, there's the Final Fantasy trading card game, uh, Final War, uh, Flesh and Blood, Geek Fight, uh, Hero at- Attacks. Uh, there's Jihad, a.k.a. Vampire, The Eternal Struggle by Wizards of the Coast, which Wizards of the Coast actually has their hands in quite a few different uh, card games. I was a little surprised by that. Um, I thought like one or two for sure, but there's like three or four of them. And I, was, I was like a little, I was like, oh, wow. Um, I mean, and then and then they obviously, Dungeons and Dragons canon, they they rule that world. Um, I, I'm just curious of what else Wizards of the Coast is, is dipping their toes in. Uh, maybe it's a future episode. Um, it's like Magic the Gathering, Wizards, uh, Wizards of the Coast. Um, there's obviously, um, or not obviously, My Little Pony collectible trading card, Justin. I'm sure you're into that. My Little Pony, like, you joke, but it is like has a massive following. It does. It has even, uh, like, dads <laughs> that are in it called bronies. It's yes. really weird. Um, there's a po- Super, super weird. <laughs> obviously, Pokemon out since 1996. Oh, and uh, Magic came out in 93? Yeah, 93. Um, and ninety three, and it's like the original TCG game. That uh, Magic is the OG of all TCG. Um, I do talk about baseball in this episode. I, do, I go over baseball's trading card history because um, it is the first. That is the first, and then actual trading card game. It's Magic: The Gathering. Um, baseball. So yeah, Shadow Fist from nineteen ninety five. It's still going strong. Shadow Facts. Um, and it's like uh, Dwaldalus Entertainment slash Z Man Games slash Loch Ness Games Inc. Incorporated slash Inner Kingdom Games slash uh, Vutista Games. So a lot of hands in that pot. Um, that's what she said. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Nineteen ninety nine Yu Gi Oh trading card game by Konami. We do. Uh, I do over timeline of that. Um, I did my best. That was really hard to find. Like, I found really good information about Konami, not a lot of information about Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, but I, I, I got you something. Uh, uh, last year, One Piece trading card game dropped. It looks it, it looks cool. It looks fun. Um, but, it, I mean, it plays, like, way too close to Pokemon. Um, I did my best. It, it's almost exactly Pokemon. So I'm like, eh, I'm already playing a game just like that. Like, if I'm going to play a, a TCG, another TCG, I want it to be different, you know? Yeah. It was like Pokemon... Uh, Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh all play completely differently. Um, well, you got to catch them all. The only similarity between um, Pokemon and Magic is your is your resource pool. It's mana and and, and Magic, and then it's your um, 
I can't remember what it's called in Pokemon. I haven't played as much Pokemon, but I learned how to play it for Milo. Um, so anyways, uh, but that's, that's the list. Um, yeah, there's uh, 384 total uh, printed games, and there's 56 others, so yeah. 400 and something hey. um, total, 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 total. Um, um, and then 331 are not real, in print. Real quick. I want to be the very best. The best there ever was? That No one ever was. Um, to catch them is my real test. And to train them, is, is it at your cause? Mm-hmm. I will travel across the land. Searching far and wide. Teach Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. It's so true. No, it's my destiny. No, it's isn't it like it's, it's it's you and me. I know it's my destiny. Or it's full of you or something. Oh, like you're that. my best friend in a in world, world we must defend. It must defend. My heart's so true. Our courage will yeah. pull us through. You teach me, and, and I'll, I'll teach you. you. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Such a banger when we were younger. <laughs> okay, I um I copied and pasted it to Evernote, so you have them now. I have the ow ow. Brad's got me all over the place because I got no notes. I you got notes now. No no notes. You got notes now. Hey, no notes. There's got to be notes. There's notes. No notes. There's always notes. There's always notes. Um. All right. Let's Julius, kick it off. You saying Julius Pepperwood has no notes? I should know what you're talking about. I know this is like a new girl thing, but I I just don't don't know which moment. Oh, yeah. Pepperwood. Pepperwood Chronicles. (laughs) Anyways, uh, which I would read that. Julius Pepperwood. (laughs) Like they had actual somebody write that book and then they just use it as Nick Miller for like, especially advertisement, like somebody close to their family. And like that was a real thing. I would read it. Heck it. Um, Uh, Most expensive cards. Yeah. So no, hold on. Hold on. Lists. So the most expensive cards. Justin, go ahead and read them. Uh, so in baseball, Mickey Mantle, 1952, the number 311 tops rookie card, uh, ranges anywhere from uh, 24 million, 24.731 million. No, a uh, thousand, sorry. That, the next one's million. Okay, 24,731 to 15.71 mil. It just depends on and who's willing to buy and how much they're willing to buy it for. Yeah, there's also a um, that's that, I mean so so honest Wagner card that, that sold for a few million. Yeah, yeah, he, that's the second most expensive mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, the honest, but that's like a, the original one of the most original cards. Yeah, the honest Wagner card. Like, so there's only it, it like goes two. Or I, I I have it in my notes. You'll you'll we'll yeah, get okay, to it. Okay, uh, so in Pokemon mm-hmm. PSA grade ten Pikachu. So next episode we'll talk about grading and PSA and yeah, because it's, it's and, important. A lot of people don't. I, I, it took me a while to learn that as I got older, and I'm still same. not like so. I, I get it now because yep. I've done ton of research because i've i've been there's a couple cards i want to send in mm. um but um they take so long to get back now too it it actually less than a month has they have they slowed down again no it's for a just, while there it was bad it was like a couple years but yeah that's that's what they say in the thing in in um it just depends on how much you send in so yeah. if you send in a shit ton of cards it's going to take longer right okay so pokemon psa grade 10 pikachu pikachu illustrator card uh only 39 copies in existence from a pokemon illustrator Content winner in 97 contest. and 98. Content, yeah, sorry, contest winner. 97 and 98. Uh, only 23 have PSA 10. Logan Paul paid $5.275 million in April of 2022 for one of them. It is a cool, like, the, the Pikachu Destroyer card. I did mm-hmm. see this card. So cool. so that's how the market works. It's uh, whatever the last card was sold is kind of what it's based around. 
Um, and then oftentimes they'll go for, for auction or people put them on TCG player or, um, That's there's also Toad the and Frog. Is, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they find Toad and Frog. They, um, um, like if you don't know what these are, these are, these are websites. TCG player is .com and, and totofrog.com. And, um, there's also another one. I can't remember what it's called. They, people also sell them on eBay. So do you say we're going to talk more about Pokemon in the next episode? We're going to do Pokemon and, uh, magic the gathering in the next episode with, I think, with, the, I with think the grading. Maybe we have to give a shout to jet throw. See if he wants to call in or something. Cause I know he's got a bunch of, Pokemon that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to get jet throw. Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me. I miss yep. his voice. Yep. Um, uh, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Tournament Black Luster Soldier. I always thought it was Blue Eyes until I did this research. And I was like, Black Luster Soldier for real? Worth two mil. Yeah. Uh, first printed in 1996. Very important card in competition. Yu-Gi-Oh! in 1999. Sold in 2013. Magic the Gathering. Black Lotus. Estimated from 100k to 250k. First printed in 1993 and two limited edition called Alpha and Beta. Later that year, printed again in the unlimited edition. Uh, one, basically a reprint from the limited edition Beta. Two, most recent sell went for 166K. Don't worry about the one and two. That was just uh, uh, the way that my, the the editing, it just, I, I numbered a lot of stuff and I think I messed that one up. So the, yeah. the one and two aren't supposed to be there. So, <laughs> so as Brandon said, like the value depends on how they're sold. Like, so it, it depends on like the popularity of it, right? Yeah. Like Pokemon is always going to be super popular. Yes. Uh, baseball trading cards are, are, have always been yes. super popular. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh has, has, has like a culty a, following. It, a big, it, it actually has the most sold um, of any card. Yeah. We'll and, get into that. Well, and I also like the, the tides have shifted back to it. Like they kind of faded away from it for, for a second, like as far as like the, the heavy crowd, but it's yeah. like slowly. So like the value of those things are starting to go up a little bit more. Yeah. Where, where magic is just like, it has a big culty following yeah. and it's been underground, but it hasn't, it would peaked for a little while, but it hasn't peaked in a little bit. So it's, it well, could peak again and those values can go up. Yes. So, so magic, the gatherings problem is uh overprinting. Uh, yeah. They did it for a long time. All, and that all can also did, affect and they, value of hundred percent. The, the, that's why I like I mentioned the there's only 39 copies of, of that Pikachu card. Um, it, it shows how rare it is. It's so hard to get, you know, um, there's so many people like well, there's uh, um, we'll get into it later about the Yu-Gi-Oh card. We'll talk more about that specific thing. Um, but yeah, so they'll they'll reprint stuff and all that stuff. But uh, man, Magic has like I would say they print more copies of each of their cards than any other uh, TCG does. That's why their cards aren't nearly as much. And plus, it, it's a certain type of uh, certain type of person. I always account it to like the well, actually type people. Yeah. Um. Well, t- well, technically, it would be this right there, like like that kind of a person. You know, um, like when you play the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's fun, especially Commander. I prefer Commander over Standard. Yeah. A lot of people do. Um. It plays because Commander plays a little too close to like other TCGs, but Commander kind of feels like its own thing. Yeah. Um. And, and we'll talk about that when, on the next episode we do uh, the part two of this. Yeah. And there could be other cards that in the future become – it just depends on what's what's valuable at the time. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's obviously, a market. It's, it's just like the stock market. Yep. Exactly like the stock yep. market. I mean, obviously, I think baseball and Pokemon are, and, and you would probably be the closest to those two as far as like their staying power is going to probably be greater than the others. But that doesn't yeah. mean like some other, other – was like card Kodami is like a six point something billion dollar company, but yep. they, um, they no, just but make I'm a lot of weird moves yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, that put people out, you know, yeah. and there could be another company or another like game that can like skyrocket these things in the future. No one, no one really knows. It's like, you can buy a card now 
and and you have to wait right for it to, to the value to grow with whatever the market does. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up the Steel Black Luster Soldier, mm-hmm. and and you go, it's kind of a cool card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all gold. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they said it's worth so much. This is what this screen rant said. Uh, the unique nature of the Steel Black Luster Soldier, combined with its first. Uh, with his place as the first ever tournament prize winner, as Brandon Brandon said, so like it won the first tournament. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, uh, so it's it's a big it's a big deal. Um, yeah. It's not not just because it looks cool, but because of the history within the game. Yeah, especially amongst the, sorry, the big sorry, followers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, because the Yu Gi Oh tournaments, like they do some Pokemon tournaments, but they do some pretty big Yu Gi Oh tournaments too. Yeah, they get massive. Um, uh, all most uh, Magic two, um, most of the big. TCG have humongous big tournaments. All the other games are a little more like just for, for people who are into it, like around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll play, but they don't have big tournaments. Um, and like Yu-Gi-Oh, um, I would say even has more of the little tournaments than any other. That's why they have more copies sold of their cards than any other TCG. It's constantly selling and trading. Because, and, yeah, yeah, everyone's like, I need boost back. I need to get the new thing. I need, th-. And like Pokemon is more like opening up and looking at it. And they have people that do play Pokemon. There's competitive play. But it's. I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh! is, is just a little more prevalent, even in smaller local communities. But Pokemon is, is, is it's, it's like the show. It's very much just about collecting. It's more about that than, than actual play. But there is yep. there is a game, and it is fun. And it, it, it's not bad. Um, it's a little more simple, where Yu-Gi-Oh! is... Yeah, I would say in complexity, Yu-Gi-Oh is the most complex than Magic, uh, than Pokemon, as far as like the the big three um, uh, TCG games. And baseball cards obviously are just just for collecting. They're based all, on their, their no value game. from the field yeah. and from the value of that card. The game is is you go to the ballpark and you watch them play. Yep. Um, that's why like signed cards are worth so much because like, you don't you don't there's no there's no it's not a TCG game. It's a it's just a, a trading card. Um, baseball. Baseball. Uh, 1968, Peck and Snyder, a sporting goods store in New York, began pr- producing trading cards featuring baseball teams. They sold baseball equipment, and the cards were, were a natural advertising vehicle. Um, little, little could they imagine that over 150 years later, baseball would be able to create their own cards directly on their smartphone. Pretty cool. <laughs> the tops, the tops uh, app. I've used it before. The mm-hmm. the tops uh, trading card app. It's it's actually pretty cool. Like you yeah. can like you can open them up. It's not the same as have like having the physical card. Um, definitely not the same as whenever you put that card on your bike and you get that sweet sweet sound. <laughs> um, which we all I think we've all done at least at one point. Um, uh, eighteen eighty seven. Allen and Ginter. I've heard Alan was Alan a, Ginter. Yeah, it was a yes. Richmond, Virginia tobacco manufacturing uh, firm. They they are kind of coined. Like they say that the so the trading cards go further a little further back than this. But they weren't like it wasn't trading cards. They were like card games that like had hand drawn art on it. Mm-hmm. But they don't really fit the mold of trading cards. They were trying to make it. And I was reading those. It's like this is not trading card games, uh, or not even this isn't really you trading can, you cards. Can, you can argue it's a prelude to yeah. it because it is like they're but they're not trading them. They're just yeah, yep. So yeah. I just kind of like. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, manufacturing firm by uh, John Allen and Louis uh, Ginter. Uh, um, so in in 1887, or well, that, that so that was in 1875 they started the tobacco company. Um, so in 1887, the company created the first cigarette uh, cigarette cards for collecting and trading. Um, they used it to actually support the uh, the cigarette 
kit carton. It was it used to support. They just had cardboard, and these guys had an idea to add art to it to make it a thing. And they love baseball, so super fucking smart. Yeah, yeah, a brilliant move. Yeah, and it changed <laughs> changed the world over. Yep. Um, some of the cards in the series include uh, Charles Kormsky, uh Cap Kerminsky, Cap uh, Anson, um, Jack. Glasscock or Glasscock? <laughs> you wrote it just the right. Glasscock. Nope, that is a real name, a real person. No, you but you you picked that specific name. Nope, uh, these are what the notes told me. Cap Anson is like a, a very famous, well known in baseball history as as a whole. Yeah. Uh, the other ones like I'm, I'm Buffalo sure, Bill. I'm sure I've heard the names before, but like Cap Anson of the group is this. He's the standout. But yes. yeah, these were these are the standout players of that era yep. um a uh, buffalo bill so like i i cap hansen was like the shohei of the time yeah though. yeah glasscock was more important um <laughs> the following year i wonder he got it was a nickname he just like let it be the last name well, he just got hit in the dick too many probably, times no he probably had meth head so you know the glass dick <laughs> he put his glass next to a dick no they they call the glass, it sometimes the, like that glass dick smoke rocks out of oh uh, okay um, uh, the, so the, the following year because the glass pipe but the following year you know i get it <laughs> good, yeah. Good, yeah because they like they the following year, Goodwin and Company was among the first tobacco companies to issue trading cards to promote their brands. First using sepia-toned photographic albumin prints. Albumin. And later chromiolithographic, chromio, chromiolithographic reproductions of multicolored etchings. Yeah. Um, and you can Nailed feel free it. to look those up because uh, I did not. Um, <laughs> 1950. I just wants to look it up real quick. Uh, 19, 1895, the uh, Mayo's Colt plug set uh, const- uh, consistent uh, consisted of 45 cards that featured black and white player portraits. Uh, the cards ha- have uh, scant player information, just like the player's name and his abbreviated position. Uh, a year earlier, PH Mayo was the first company to introduce a dedicated football card series. Um, 1909, the the American Tobacco Company introduced baseball advertising cards into their uh, tobacco products with the issue of the T206 white border set. Um, the cards were introduced in pack of cigarettes produ- uh, and produced over a three-year period until the company was dissolved. The most valuable card, baseball card, in um, so the most most valuable and set in. In terms of sought after, maybe not in monetary value, um, it is the second most, but um, it is the most sought after card because there's really find a mint condition one of these. Good luck. Um, Honus Wagner, as we were talking about, it, it came from this set. Um, in, in 1912, the manufacturer of Cracker Jack started making toys and prizes to insert its boxes. Um, 19, two years later, 1914, they made a decision to include baseball cards, which featured players from both major leagues as well as players from short-lived federal league. Um, in the 1930s, uh, so fast forward about 15, 16 years, um, uh, bromides, Mass-produced collectible uh, photograph printed on photo paper with a blank back with blank backs, um, becoming common in Japan starting in the late 1920s. So they started in the late 1920s, but it's like now starting to be mass-produced by 1930. Um, these cards usually depict popular Carl stars or visited American players. The JBR uh, 32 set pictured below. Uh, below Blends photographic images with artistic graphs. So graphics. I got I got a question for you before, before. we um, move on much further. Maybe I have I'm, an answer. I'm curious. Japan 
is where a lot of the card games originate, right? Mm. A lot of the the, the TCG or well, the major ones, yeah. Baseball originated in America, started doing trading cards. Baseball, the second country, I would say, like the Latin American countries, obviously, but the second biggest country for baseball is also Japan. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a correlation between baseball cards being like the premier cards for any sport and the popularity of baseball in Japan or vice versa, right? I, I don't it, know. That would be that'd be interesting statistic to to Did it help to did it research help to to build the, the popularity of the sport in Japan? Or did the popularity of the sport in Japan help the popularity of the cards? Right? I mean was is there a correlation between the two? That, that would be very difficult to research. I would take a No, I don't know if there's ever a, gonna be an answer for it, but I'm curious if a that's learned uh expert to yeah. be able to delve in and find that information. It does feel coincidental. Right, because I mean, it, no. it definitely. I I'm sure the Japanese are are very very intense people. Yes. They are very uh, when they do something, they don't they don't in generally in generally in general they don't half ass it at all. Yep. they whole ass it. Whole so ass I I'm sure there is a, a correlation between the two um, of some sort. Where and when and how and why? No idea. Um, again, that would take a learned, uh, well, well, you know, expert in, in, in research well, and in at least one or, or both food, of those for thought for, for food, some people it's interesting. Um, I, I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for now. Penis proposition. Mm. Uh, so Start the, P. Close enough. Uh, the lithography, 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 chromolithography. So it is. Way too complicated for me to just break down right now. I'm gonna have to research into it further and maybe do a mini sode or talk about the next episode. Yeah, probably the next episode. Because I was like trying to like read it like to get like some sort of like quick answer, like layman's term for it. Yeah. And I was having a hard time getting a full grasp of it myself. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, I started reading it last <laughs> night and I was like, I'm not uh, I don't have enough energy for this. I'm <laughs> just going to move on with my life. I, 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 it's like it's scientific almost in nature of like how the chemical reactions of certain things make for printing. Mm-hmm. Pretty complicated, pretty cool. I think we would uh, do it an injustice of just trying to yeah, throw together an explanation for it. 1933, uh, uh, Goody Gowdy produced a 240 card set known as the Big League Chewing Gum. Uh, Big League Chew is awesome. So, so yeah, uh, these cards were the first to be packaged with gum. This is where that began. Um, along with people, like a lot of people think that that's where it started, the trading cards. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, 1980s. Um, these cards were the first to be packaged with gum, along with the T206 American uh, Tobacco Company and the 1952 Tops set. Remember like the like the stiff gum? Like it was like shaped like a card? Yeah. And it was like super hard and you had like freaking... That's what she said. Break it down in your mouth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Break it all, yeah. Mm. 19, <laughs> 1933... Uh, Gaudi cards are considered part of the big three of classic baseball card set. I thought that was funny too. I'm like big three, big three, big three. Yeah. Anyways, um, Big Leech was awesome. So, so if you haven't had Big anime, Leech, anime Big Three is just talking about uh, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. All that is is they were the hottest selling manga after a Dragon Ball series ended. That's okay, all that is. But seriously, did Naruto Bleach is One Piece? 
uh, nobody did bleach his butthole. Okay. Uh, 19, the next year in 1934, <laughs> the National Chewing Gum Company manufactured the Art Deco Diamond Stars set, along with premiums between 1934 and 1936. The card backs included either a player bio or a player tip. Mm, a playing tip, sorry. Um, <laughs> cards can be found with blue or green lettering on the back, just like Justin likes to lay on. 1948 in, in, uh, and, uh, so 1948 and 1949. You're laughing at your own dumb I know. joke that made no sense. I know. And you're you distracting yourself. Well, and then I wrote that kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> the the Leaf Candy Company produced crude, uh, boldly yeah. colored sets of baseball, football, and boxer stars. Boxing stars. Their boxing cards were like had its moment of popularity. They did, but it's it's, it's fleeting as boxing has kind of it was evanescent because it's so corrupt in its nature that yeah. it's drawn people away from the cards and from the sport. Yeah. Um. Um, what's his name? Is it Evanescence? No, 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 no. The freaking guy with the crazy hair. Um, oh, the um, box promoter. <laughs> uh, Don King. Don King. No, it was, yeah, it was Don King. Yeah. I was gonna say Rodney King. That's that was throwing me off. Holy in America. Holy in America. Um. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a caricature now. Like I, I'm sure he was then too, but I don't know. I wasn't in that time period. Well, so. I mean, he was one of the many yeah. super corrupt. Yes, he was. He he was. He's kind of synonymous with the corruption of boxing. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because they're not, I'll make this fast. They're not the only ones that was using people's likeness and like very much taking advantage of the athletes to make a profit and give them nothing in light of them constantly because almost every sport has done it. Boxing just held on to it for longer and they were like the slimiest about it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Fucked over a lot of uh, good athletes. Um, Their 1948 uh, baseball set was the the distinction of being the first post-war cards in color. Uh, 1952, we don't like them colors. (laughs) That time period was really fucked up. Anyways, um, 1952, early in its history, Red Man Chewing Tobacco Advertisement was painted on the sides of barns. Featuring an endorsement from players, Baseball player Nap Lohi Lejoie. Okay, it's uh, it is French. I wasn't sure. Lejoie uh, choose Red Man. Ask him if he don't. Nap was is also a, a well known as far as baseball history, like baseball historians. Mm-hmm. That was a quote. Lejoie choose Red Man. Ask him if he don't. That's a that's a quote from yeah. that, that. That's but, an endorsement. Honestly, quote. the big reason I know how to say Lejoie is not because Nap Lejoie. I think I've researched into him, but because Jean Lejoie. Jean Lejoie. Yeah. yeah. That's Show how he spells it though. He spells it differently, completely different. It's slightly differently, but it's not that much different. It's completely, it's not even the same letters at all. He doesn't use any of the same anything. (laughs) He doesn't even use L. Anyways, 1952 to 1955, Redman produced a series of baseball cards, the only tobacco company to ever do so after 1920. Uh, Top's first major issue was also in 1952. It's spelled the exact same way. It regarded... Regarded by collectors as one of the the greatest baseball player baseball cards in no it's a different spelling um, <laughs> baseball card set of course it's the same spelling Justin so I just, if you don't know he's Taco baseball from is, the league yeah and also he's show me your genitals it's some funny videos genitals. on YouTube yeah. show me your genitalia <laughs> anyways uh, baseball cards set women are shit uh, don't respect them that's right I just, just have, have sex, sex with them. them show me your genitals and before you get mad if you're listening he's making fun of sex with people it's hilarious it's a parody yeah, it's a parody of of sexism and rap yeah, yeah it's, exactly it's very well done funny um, and then the other one is women are people and deserve respect just kidding they should suck my dick <laughs> I lost it when I first heard that I was like oh my god it was amazing um, 
Yep. The, the 1952, and we were raised by very strong women, so I, I yes. just... Again, it's making fun of people that believe exactly. that. Like, it's exactly. It's not a saying that's what should happen. Exactly. If it wasn't satire, it'd probably be a little more upsetting. Yes. But it's definitely, it's, it's definitely satirical it, it, nature. It, if you watch it, it is clearly a joke. The way he dances and how he's, he's dressing. dressing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's the so fun. The whole production of I, it. I, yeah. I, you know, if you're, you like dark humor, which if you're listening to this, I'm... I'm I can almost yes. guarantee you do. Yeah. Go watch it. That's great. Okay. Uh, uh, let's, anyways. let's go back. 1952, early in the history, Red Man Chewing Gum Advertiser was painting on the side of Barnes, featuring an endorsement way, from way too far baseball back. Top's player, major issue in, in 1952 is regarded by collectors <laughs> as one of the greatest baseball card sets of all time. 1952, Top's number 13311. Um, the Mickey Mantle rookie card? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, uh, as known as the most valuable card of the post-war era. So, yeah, uh, uh, Horace is the... Onus. Pre- Onus, sorry. Uh, um, he, he's uh, the pre-war era. Uh, uh, Mickey Mantle's the post-war era. Mickey Mantle, all time. Um, Do you know what position Onus Wagner played? Uh, he was a shortstop. He was a shortstop. Very good. Okay. All right. All right. Respect. <laughs> Not a complete yes. Finally, um, yeah. 1959. A well-established. Well, it's been so long. People just like the card collectors. Like, well, know the name, but like, I mean, Honus Wagner has been played it's in because, over years. It's because in the notes, uh, other other websites have said, you know, like Honus Wagner shortstop. Like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, year, years he played and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, you just you just asked me at the wrong time. Yeah, <laughs> you would ask me a week from now or a week ago. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's just known as like a baseball player. Like he played baseball sometime in history, like hundred over hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah he was and mean. So, he was he was, <laughs> he was just like throwing people out like crazy and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. He so was what position does Mickey Mantle play? Uh, that one I can't remember. Um, I knew he's known for hitting. Um, Mickey I know this. Mantle. I know this. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I know this. God, I'm drawing a blank. This one's bothering His me. His positioning was probably doggy style as he was <laughs> known for taking uh, women behind the bleachers and into the clubhouse and he fucked. basically everywhere. He fucked. Yeah, he a fucked. Lot. I didn't know that. But that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like some of the quotes are like almost cringe and disgusting, but then also like some of them are like, all right, he was a fucking dude, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man's man. Yeah, chewed, smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, you, you think uh, think Babe Ruth, like except not yeah. fat. Um <laughs> Yeah, he was a, he was a center fielder. He center fielder. I wanted to say outfield. I was going to say left field, but I was like, that doesn't sound. I right think you to can me. say outfield. I think he play, he like played a lot of center field, but then he, I moved around. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I wanted to say I wanted to say outfield, but I, I couldn't remember which position exactly. Um, so the the next baseball player I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to ask a couple questions about just because I think it's cool history, and then I won't do any more of that. So we can get through these notes. Yeah, that'll be the the next one we talk about. Will be the last one. Okay. Uh, so it, the one that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, 1959, a well-established gum and candy company. Uh, Fleer uh, predated many of its competitors into the business of issuing sports cards with its 1923 release baseball cards. It's uh, Bob and Fruit Hearts uh, candy product product. So we we. Just kind of backing up a little bit. Yep. Years later, uh, Fleer signed baseball star Ted Williams to a contract and sold an 80-card set uh, oriented around his uh, highlights of his career. So Ted Williams is widely considered by a lot of people the greatest baseball player to ever live. Um, do you know where Ted Williams was born? Alabama. San Diego. Oh, San... That You know that means a whale's vagina? Ted Williams... Was not known at this for his career. He's also a war hero. He fought in the war. Mm-hmm. Left his career. Left mm-hmm. his career. Fought in the war. Came back and was dominant again. Um, 
his mom is Mexican. He's actually a Mexican baseball player. He's one of the first Mexican baseball stars. But his name is Ted Williams, which is as white as it can get. And he looked white. People didn't know that throughout his career. It was kind of a, an unknown thing. But he's from San Diego, and he's Mexican. Mm. So, <laughs> it's funny. And like, he's a star in Boston, which if you they were know he was Mexican, probably wouldn't. So, we, it's, it's interesting. Um, like, I, like, you have Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle, of course. Um, uh, Napoli, Le Joie, um, uh, Honus, all Honus Wagner. Um, we have all these names. I was like, I didn't see any Jack, anything about Jackie Robinson, Babe Ruth, who are the most mentioned baseball players of old. Satchel Page, Satchel Page, yes. Um, maybe he, I'll take some of those notes. We'll bring it. We'll do an episode on that. And then I here do think for we touch on um, oh, what's his name? He's fucking. You did a biopic on him. It was, it was fantastic. It was like one of my favorite episodes of your of your pot hacks. Um. Yeah. Oh, what's maybe, his name? Maybe I'll move uh, those over here. Uh, Roberto Clemente. I, yeah. I believe I believe he shows up in these notes. I, I did read about they him. They were just so, so racist. Very. It was, it was a different time. And like, so. Uh, there, there's Not like, to excuse it. There's so many cool like like stories from it though, like with the Mexican League. And like, there. I think we can do an episode talking about some of like the, the, well, I, the Negro I, Leagues and like how back black ball players. Yeah. Throughout history. Baseball. I want to do a, a, a multiple parts part series on baseball. Yeah. Um, so we can do one on the development of the league and then we can do one on the uh, creation of the glove, the bat and the ball. Um, and, and even the base material, like what they use for bases. So I, think, I don't know if the glove and the ball would have a lot of juice to it. Maybe that's we why I do think, an episode. I think that's like all together. We'll like see. the, the, so the league, the, the catcher's equipment, all yeah. that stuff. We could do an episode just on, on all the, all mm-hmm. the, well, stuff they use in baseball. I, I did an episode on spring training. Yeah, that is like goes along with the development of the league. Yeah, as well. Uh, and then we can do one on the Negro League because there's a lot of fascinating stuff. And even like Roberto Clemente, he's a Puerto Rican and he's like the Bad one of the most beloved. Uh, but he was like they were so racist to him because he was dark skinned. Yeah, and they treated him as such for mm-hmm. the longest time. And it wasn't until later in his career as he started winning. Him and his teammate. Uh, they're both dark skin. They finally started to get some love. Beautiful human being too. Yes. Wonderful. A dude is seriously one of my favorite biopics. Um, yeah. Period. I, I loved, I really love that. Hey, go, yeah. go to pot hacks. Look up the Roberto Clemente episode. It is, it is truly Justin. You did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that. Where's the, where's uh, the we'd have to, where's the, you knew what it was. You knew, you knew what it was. <laughs> you knew what it was. Um, but uh, they're the, just the, like he, they they name baseball names their humanitarian award after him now because of like how good of a person he was. Yeah, he was he's incredible. What he did in Puerto Rico and for just people everywhere. Uh, but moving on. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> we got we got to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen sixty one because we learned some notes. We got. I can get passionate about baseball, talk baseball all day long. Yeah. So this we got is, like got to get here I'm, in like twenty minutes though, Justin. So I'm trying um, not to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got we got about five pages okay. to get through. Nineteen sixty one post baseball cards were available on. Card stock that would be ordered from the company and were also available singly from from cereal boxes. Uh, team sheets were printed on thinner I card meant, I meant boards. singly, but, you know, yep. it happens. <laughs> uh, directly from the Post Cereal Company, and obviously Post is a big history in the country as far as a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, 1970, yep, the yep, baseball yep, yep. cards would gain, our world gained a new entry in the market, the Kellogg Company, which is also, uh, which is also of, a pretty small company, like, well, not well known. Um, <laughs> lots, of, hands on, lots of hands and lots of pots. Yeah. Um, uh, Kellogg's released a set of cards that feature 75 of the best players in baseball, including, included in boxes of cornflakes. Never heard of it. The cards were made to appear three-dimensional, a relatory novel concept. Rel- relatively. Relatively. Uh, I don't know why I, I went that weird way with that one. A relatively novel concept at the time. Uh, Kellogg intermittently released new 3D setup 
until 1983. 1975. TCMA, a the Card Memorabilia Association Associates or Tom Collier and Mike Arnestine 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 uh created the Arnstein. 630 card SSS PC sorry, 630 card SSPC set in in 1975 according to Arnstein 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 uh, I use I use the 1953 boat uh hold on let me do I use the 1953 Bowman set as a model I had always liked the simplicity of the set and the fact that what you got on each card was a picture of a baseball player. Just a card. No stats. Now, um, uh, now how much his... Um, <laughs> Not how much his baby mama weigh. Yeah, I realize that fact that Nothing. Uh, now how much does baby mama weigh? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> the concept spawned spawned the collectors used to describe the uh identify the sspc uh, or the, 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 the this spawned the collector set to be used to describe the uh, and identify the sspc set uh the pure card um uh, obviously that's not exactly what he said it was like uh uh just player he never said no baby cards mama? or you know he said so just cards uh, wait did he say baby no what about mama he didn't say baby mama nothing nothing <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it just like uh, just the card. Uh, period. Uh, no. Uh, I, I no. No. I can't remember exactly what he put. I I, I was a little tired when I wrote this. So yeah, I no I stats. No none. I didn't put the clear version. Yep. The actual version down. That's my bad. Um, 1981. Donald and Russell Weiner. 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 Uh, yeah. Weiner. Weiner. Uh, oh, founded oh, Weiner, the Weiner. original Don Russ company in 1954 its first sports themed card were produced in 1965 when it created a series of racing cards sponsored by hot rod magazine hot damn also that year it began producing baseball cards after tops exclusivity with mlb was successfully challenged by flair tops obviously still being the tops baseball cards but Mm -hmm. they could no longer hold the monopoly over it Uh, in 1985 Optographics obtained an MLB license and started producing a unique style of lenticular motion cards under this name Sport Flicks. It mm-hmm. released traditional baseball cards under the Score brand starting in 1988. Score is still pretty big now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, invigorating the industry with better paper quality, action photographs, and improved writing on the back so you're, you're thinking of like the cards that like change yeah, yeah a lot of like big cards now too i don't know if you get into it, like they'll like put like pieces of jersey in them or they'll put like you know what i mean yeah and and they and like you get into like uh, rarities and and, mm. and graphics and and like they like even like i mean all most tcgs they do the same thing where they have like um it's like a starlight rarity or a it's an ultra rare with the um with the with the checkered graphic or the other graphic or this kind of graphic on it, and um, ultra whale, it just it's a different type of um, it's like a rarity inside of a rarity, you yeah. know. Um, it, it's pretty cool. Anyways, on December twenty third, nineteen eighty eight, Upper Deck was granted a license also by Major big, yep. yeah Major League Baseball to produce uh, baseball cards. Exactly two months later, it delivered its uh, first case of baseball cards to George Moore of uh, Tulsa's baseball card cu- card store. Upper Deck sold out its baseball cards midway through it, this uh, inaugural year. 
then pre-sold its entire 1990 baseball stock before the following year began. They're killing which is it. Uns- it's, it's just, it's, it's unreal. Upper deck and tops are the two you see the most now. Like you see score and you see other ones, but upper deck and, and tops are the, like uh, tops is the tops and then right below it's upper score. So upper we're deck. just going to skip by a couple of terrible years uh, and go right to 1994. Uh, Major League <laughs> Baseball expanded its largest number of licensed card manufacturers by adding a specific. Because you were skipping terrible years. Specific, Why were we uh, talking about 1994? Yeah, we did. We skipped to 89 and 91. Why are we uh, skipping Trading cards to this list. In 2001, Pacific <laughs> dropped out of baseball card business, reducing the number of card companies to four. Uh, 2011, the first new baseball card company of the new millennia is also the first to offer the ability to make uh, your own custom baseball cards directly from your smartphone. Uh, Star Cards Baseball Card Maker um debuted in the app store's top 10 for sports and has been a favorite baseball card leverage ever since so i wonder if they got bought out by tops because tops has the, the i'm sure they have their own digital uh, spark that's like it's massive right now it's yeah. starting to go really big they may have bought it out or it's on its own i couldn't really find any so like like i was gonna say that this last bit of it is a bit unclear um uh, there's like info is like getting harder to find or it mm. just became like super redundant. So I just, instead of bogging you guys down with more information, cause we're about to get in Konami and that's, that's its, its own thing. Uh, baseball cards are still manufactured at annually um, in annually between 600 and 800 sets of cards are, um, are produced each year that contains around 700 cards. An additional thousand cards are printed at with approximately a thousand copies each making the annual number of cards in between one and 2 million. Um, that's how much they produce a year. Some year less off, uh, see less than 600-ish releases, while others exceed 800 total sets. So it's really just kind of all over the place. Uh, but, I mean, within a, within a range, which means more than 50% of the baseball card production happens with a six-month window at the start or end of the calendar year. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Konami. Um, so this one, I just got it out like a shit ton of information. Um this is irritating. Hold on. This is going to bug me. It, I, I shouldn't. I don't know why it did that. Uh, let me just fix something right quick. Where are you at? Can you open your fucking thing? You didn't share with me. Hold on. I did. It's on your. It's on I'm, Konami. I'm not seeing you mess with it. It's I, You shouldn't because I'm on a different page. Oh, okay. I'm do on you, my. Do you want me to start in 69? It's fucked it up. Uh, it's do you hear our father was born? It's the summer uh, six. Kajimasi Kozuki. Um. So yeah, yeah. Start where I fix it because it's gonna bug me if I don't. I'm just gonna keep. Where are you fixing it. it at? Um. I'm fixing to give you a, a sucker punch. Okay. Because we're running low I'm on, on time. I'm on. Uh, I'm on Word. We're we're about. I to like be... I like Word better. No, but where in the notes are you? Oh, at the very beginning of. Uh... Okay, I think I'm good. All right, I'll, 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 get I'll get it. I'll get it. I got 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 it. Okay. And and uh, so I got it a shit ton of Konami information because it just like. Like, it has good information, but it's like, it made this much this year, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I kind of, it like, it moved headquarters like a million times. Um, it moved, well, I kind of to leave some of those, but I was like, time, I just, I just gutted it out. Uh, so, uh, 1969, uh, the year father was born, uh, um, yep. a month later, in March 21, um, uh, a month and a half, uh, uh, Kama, uh, Kegamasa uh, Kazuki, uh, coordinated chairman of the board, founded his business in 1973. Um, March 19th, Konami Industry uh, Company Limited 
100 million yen in capital that year, was established and began manufacturing amusement machines for arcades. 1979, Konami started to, ex uh, to export products to the United States. 1980, uh, headquarters moved to a newly constructed uh, office building in Osaka. They have like a ton of that. It moved uh, moved office building. It moved office headsets headquarters. Moved his headquarters a ton of times all throughout Japan. Um, Minato, uh, Tokyo. Uh, well, Minato is a, a subverb proverb, um, uh, but like uh, Tokyo, um, uh, Kobe, um, yeah, Osaka, Osaka, Hong Kong. Um, so uh, yeah, it moves around from between Japan and, and China quite a bit, mostly in Japan, almost exclusively in Japan, almost. I would imagine like Hong Kong would be the only one really in China because it. Yeah, they're not going to go to like yeah. other yeah Shanghai and all that stuff. Um, so, <laughs> 1981, uh, the the Konami logo was established. Also, they changed the the, the logo several times. Um, I cut a lot of them out. Anyways, 1982, Konami received an, uh, an investment from Osaka Small and Medium Businesses Investment and Consulting Company Limited. Uh, by October, Konami expanded into the other PC game business. The next month, Konami and Arcade of Amer American Incorporated, currently Konami Digital Entertainment Incorporated. Uh, was established in the United States, 1984, Konami Limited, um, uh, currently Konami Digital uh, Entertainment BV, was established in the United States. Um, so they're or in, in the United Kingdom, sorry. Um, that's what it's called in, in the U UK versus what it's called in the U.S. Anyways, um, Konami expanded into the Nintendo Entertainment System called the Family Computer in Japan. We talked about that in uh, uh, at a previous episode, yep. 1986, a new corporate identity was introduced. The new Konami logo was established. Again, like they say so many times, headquarters moved directly from constructed Konami software development building in Chuku Kobe. The production uh, control department and distribution center was established in Osaka. And again, I, I know I mentioned it, but I cut out so many of them, but there's still, there's still a couple. Yeah. Um, 1992 Konami expanded again, skipping the worst year ever. Uh, expanded the uh, uh, pitch slot and uh, pachinko machine business, uh, creating LCD games for pachinko machines. 1994, fucking terrible. The year. Tokyo, I don't know why it's been on both lists, and anyone didn't. Yeah, um, terrible. Yeah, I doubt it. I'm trying uh, to rewrite Tokyo. history just because nope. to get some nope. terrible this year. Is, no, 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 it's nope. cool. It's cool. Real. No, you can this rewrite history all you want, but nope, everyone knows how it feels. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I don't nope. know why you would think you would need to do that, but you know, nope, definitely didn't have to do anything i just did it on its own um the tokyo technical center nothing happened in, in, in important in 91 was, was established was, in zama kanagawa kanagawa uh 94 sucks konami hong kong <laughs> limited yeah currently konami digital entertainment <laughs> limited established in hong kong 1995 the the kobe building in chuku kobe was damaged due to great uh, uh hanshin awiji awiji earthquake and uh 1996 uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The show began its run with Yu-Gi as a host of uh, a pharaoh of old that loves to gamble. Uh, early issues of the uh, manga were actually you know, we really got, we gruesome. We got late issues right now because of your okay, tone. Can, you, like, can we, can we get, get through the this? Notes? Notes You're being really Brandon? rude. Dude, um, let's do so this. Early issues of the of the manga were actually really gruesome. Um, he would play all sorts of board games and like, he ended up like, stabbing his hand one time and all sorts sort of like that. He was like a gambling addict. Um, but it, it wasn't really catching on well with, uh, as the creators would like the, the original creator liked. So, but there was a game that involved cards that was supposed to be like, like, um, kind of like Pokemon, but not, um, yeah. cause Mon the Pokemon Mongo was already out and everything, which is also a little more dark than the, not a lot, not a lot more, but a, a little bit more dark than the, um, than the animes, uh, portray it. But it involved a card game that fans would like to see more of. It was like like Pocket Monster or not Pocket Monsters. Like yeah, it was like 
something monsters, dual monsters or something like that. Um, and then it became uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And then it became a show. And then, um, so Konami Inc. was established. And I think that's the year that uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, yeah. So, um, in 98. So, two years later, yeah, they, they released the cards as a promotional device uh, for the, the show, obviously. Um, but, yeah, 1997, Konami Gaming Incorporated was established in the U.S. And the amusement machine division plant merged from the current Kobe Technical Center was established in Nishiku, uh, Nishiku uh, Kobe. Uh, October, the Konami logo was changed from the italics to, from t- italics to plain text. Uh, 1998, Konami entered into the card game business to promote the release of the video games. That's right, the video games, not the not the show. Uh, with the same name, they released a a, a the, the card game. That's when that's whenever we saw Yu-Gi-Oh the the TCG as we know it now come out. And I, they still release video games and stuff like that, but it's all based around the TCG. Yeah, the video game for Game Boy was one of my favorite games for the Game Boy Color. Yeah, that game was so so cool. It was it was one of the better ones. That they they it was kind of one of the last ones though that they they pushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1998, Konami entered... Okay, in 2000, uh, Konami became the first Japanese company to enter the world's largest uh, gaming machine market in the U.S. The corporate name was changed from Konami Limited uh, Company Limited to the Konami Corporation. Konami announced a new type of financial product called Game Fund uh, Tekimiki Memorial. Uh, 2001, People uh, Company Limited, currently Konami Sports Company Limited, so one of the subsidiaries became a, uh, yeah, became a, a Konami subsidiary with through a friendly uh, takeover bid, and Konami expanded into the sports business. Acquiring Capital and Hudson Soft a Company Limited, making it an affiliate company. The late 2001s, we're almost through the, the, the dearth of the notes. Uh, Konami was sending VHS and DVD guides uh, and the first promo card was released in de- December of 2001, the Summon Skull sample, um, which I have a copy that I just leave on my desk all the time of Summon Skull. Uh, call him Summon Skull me. Anyways, March 2002, Konami released Legends of the Blue Eyes. It was the first set outside of Japan. Uh, 2003, Konami introduced a new logo on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of the company's establishment. It featured the new iconic Blue Eyes White Dragon card used mainly by Seto Kaiba, the fan favorite rival in the uh, cartoon Dark Magician, the main character's primary card, um, and finally Exodia, the Forbidden One, which all the parts of uh, Exodia are at one in TCG and OCG. You can only have one copy in your deck. And there are some uh, Exodia decks. They're just draw decks. You just draw, 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 draw. You just draw cards. Draw, draw, discard, draw, draw, discard until you find all the pieces of Exodia and win the game. I remember getting a few of those. I had them in the game, and then like the cards, I had mm-hmm. a, a chunk of them. It's hard to find all of them whenever, you're, like when you're younger and everything. If we had all of them, uh, they're they're actually worth pretty bit, pretty good money. Not, oh, nothing, I'm sure. Nothing insane, but pretty good, especially if they're good quality. Yeah, like I was just uh, pricing out a bunch of uh, uh, graded cards that Bryson had. There's one card he has like three hundred bucks. Nice. It, it's, a, it's a, it's a special rarity of of a Steelix. Really cool card. Anyways, um, a legendary card that lets you win if you have all five. You so say, yeah, you, you get all five in your hand or on the field. It doesn't matter. You just have to have five in control. You have to control five. Well, control would be on the field. But um, you have to have five cards, uh, um, an arm, a leg, uh, the body, and, or both arms, both legs, the body, and the head. So five, five, five cards. Or... No, it's just the head. No body. Sorry. I always thought that was weird. That's why I mentioned it because I was like, well, there's no body to the Exodia. There's just Mm -hmm. arms and legs and and head. Anyways, um, 
So um, there's no torso. <laughs> All right, that, that was hilarious. In, in 2008, three athletes mm. from Konami Sports Gymnastics and swimming team represented Japan's national squad in the 29th Olympic, game, Olympic Games in Beijing, winning medals in top places. 2010 Konami expanded distribution of its mobile games. Yeah, so I mentioned the the uh, they bring up the Olympics a couple times. I only brought it up the once. This is the first time it happened. I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's their their card game, but they also are training. Olympic athletes and they're in the video game business console business they're yeah. like Konami it's is a massive industry it's a massive industry it's a right now it's like 6.8 billion dollar company yeah. uh, 2011 Konami made uh, Ablet Corporation currently Konami Amusement Company Company Limited a wholly owned subsidiary through a shared exchange also Konami Digital Company Limited was selected as a recipient of a uh, Thompson uh, Reuters 2011 top 10 global innovator awards thought that was really cool too mm-hmm. Uh, for the sake of brevity, I'll list how many cards sets in each series. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to um, uh, the OCG TCG sets that came out um, because uh, doing a full breakdown it would just it would take days to get through. Yep. So um, I'll just say uh, series one. Um, there is and it ran from February fourth, nineteen ninety nine, to March first, two thousand. Uh, there was seven volumes with seven boosters so there's 14 sets total that came out um and that's kind of what happens like once from series two on there that's what they are they're they're either booster sets or they're uh, are their structure decks which are box sets right so they um it is going to keep we're just going to we're just going to kind of truck through it um i won't go through every single set that there ever was i'm just not going to do that um but We'll go through a little bit here and there. So Series 2 from April 20th, 2000 to March 21st, 2002, um, you got decks like Magic Ruler and Pharaoh's Servant, um, you know, uh, Thousand Eyes Bible. You have uh, the Labyrinth Nightmare. You have Struggles of Chaos, uh, Pharaoh King. It, there's, there's, nine, there's nine sets that came out that it, between that those period, and uh, those are some of the ones that were in there. Um, so, uh, series three. So this is the only time that North America got a release before Japan did. Yeah. Um, so it first released in Amer- North America in March eighth, two thousand two, in Japan on August eighth um, of the same year. That la- uh, the the last set is sent out in February two thousand six, two thousand four from this series. Um, and then yeah, you got things like Power of the Guardian, uh, uh, Invaders of Darkness, uh, Sanctuary in the Sky. Um, so, uh, sets like that. Um, Pharaoh's Inheritance being the last one. Mm-hmm. Which, um, there's a box set later that, that features, uh, light, light attribute, uh, fairy type, uh, creatures that run around Sanctuary of the Sky. And that was actually the first set. It's going to come up here in a little bit. Um, Series 4, uh, May 20, 20, uh, 27, 2004 to Mar- February 26, 2007. You'll see it. There's a lot of May, February, March area, um, two years apart you know that yeah. that that it runs souls of the duelist rise of destiny lost millennium um cybernetic revolution shadow of infinity i did want to get into like when the link showed up and when uh like ritual cast and all that stuff i like again it was just a focusing i ran out of time like i just didn't have time to get all that well, we can together. we can dive more into a lot of these things in the next episode like maybe the next episode will just be a little bit longer that's fine yeah I'll, I'll just i'll lightly touch on what i wasn't able to like get for this for 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 Yu-Gi-Oh. there's much it's just those those things when did when did link, Sun, link yeah link summoning come up when did when did uh 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 
uh, synchro summoning come up? When did exe summoning come up? When did ritual cast become a thing? When did fusion summoning become yeah. a thing? And like, when did when did we shift to the extra deck? And when did the extra monster zone come in? Which yeah, we'll, coincides with link monsters. We'll, we'll do that in the next episode. Yes, exactly. We, we, we just have we have short time in this. I'm sure you've heard us. Our wives are, are going to probably be yelling at us here shortly. Yeah, in like two or three minutes. Yeah, um, uh, we'll, series we'll, five. Yeah, from May 18th, 2016 to February 23rd, 2008. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, had power duelist, cyber dark impact, strike of neos, yeah. force of the break. Tactical Evolution, Gladiator's Assault, Phantom Darkness, and the Light of Destruction. Which is the first deck. deck I ever bought. So I ever bought. Oh, 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 sorry. I was reading it. First yeah. structure deck. Oh, and I I'm, I'm not trying to read the whole <laughs> all the whole list. There's there's eight. There's typically eight. Um, yep. Like series three had nine. Um, there's going to be one that has like twelve in it. Yep. Um, but so series, typically series six. February 28th, 2008 to February 20th, 2010. Yep. Uh, Crosswitch Chaos, uh, Rage of Battle, Christ Crimson, Stardust Overdrive, you know, games like that, The Shining Darkness. Uh, Series 7, April 17th, 2018 February to February 18th, 2012. Um, again, there's eight in this set. Uh, Galactic Overload, Order of Chaos, which is big. Um, Some Ragnarok, um, Duelist Revolution, all that stuff. Um, a strike, a Star Strikers Blast, uh, two thousand series eight, February fourteenth, twenty twelve to uh, Feb- uh, April fourteenth, twenty twelve to February fifteenth, twenty fourteen. Uh, Return of the Duelists, uh, Abyss Rising, which Dark Abyss, uh, yeah, Dark Abyss is still a relevant card. Uh, Primary Origins, uh, Judgment of Light, you know, goes on and on. Uh, series nine, this is the 12, 12 set series uh, series, uh, April nineteenth, twenty fourteen to Fe- January fourteenth, twenty seventeen. Um, the Duelist Advent or Duelist Alliance. Um, we have a uh, Cross Souls, Cross uh, Crossover Souls, a uh, Dimension of Chaos, uh, Dark Illusion, um, uh, Ma- Maximum Crisis. We have you know sets like that in that in that series. Series ten, also a twelve set series. Uh, April fifteenth, twenty seventeen to January eleventh, twenty twenty. We have Code of the Duelist, uh, Flames of Destruction, Cybernetic Horizon, uh, which I play. Um, I play. Uh, I have a um, uh, virtual world deck. I have a Despia branded deck. I played Heroes for a long time. I have a um, uh, uh, so as far as uh, cyber uh, cards. I have um, God. What are they called? So- a Solomon Great Salad deck. Salad Math Mac. Salad Grandi. Yeah, Salad Salad Math Mac deck. Um, yep. Salad and Math. It's it's really good deck. Um, Solomon Grandi. But uh, Despia is just it's just it's crazy. Anyways, um, yeah, you have those kind of decks in there. Uh, Rising Rampage, Chaos Impact, Eternity Code. You have the Code Breaker cards in there. Um, uh, series 11, April 18, 2020 to January 14, 2023. Rise of the Duelist, uh, Blazing Vortex, which I bought that set. Uh, Lightning Overdrive, um, Power of Destiny, uh, Burst of Destiny, Battle of Chaos, Dimension Force, uh, Power of the Elements. Um, again, like I was playing... Hero, so that was the next box set I bought was the Power of the Elements, and I really built built an amazing hero deck. It just, you know, if we could be heroes, cyber uh, cyberstorm access. <laughs> so I I I really loved Power of the Elements. Uh, I really loved playing heroes. It just it just wasn't holding up in in competitive play. Uh, series twelve, April twenty second, twenty twenty three to January twenty seventh, twenty twenty four. So there's like a lot. Uh, of 25th anniversary sets in here, uh, plus other sets I may have missed because it's, it's hard to say because it's the newest sets. It's it's not even a complete. The series isn't done yet. Um, and, and but it there's just a butthole load of 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 ones. But we have like 
a dualist nexus, a age of overload. Of <laughs> um, uh, I don't even hear that right. Wild survivors, oh, these memories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, photon hypernova, you know, uh, sets like that are in that deck. Um, so uh, just to wrap up, the, the mobile Yu-Gi-Oh games, cards with PlayStation games drives uh, 2.8 billion year, uh, per year worth of revenue for Konami Corporation. So it's like, like a quarter of their, or almost half their wealth is just in Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and Yu-Gi-Oh gate has uh, gained crossover about uh, a trillion yen or six, six million, six hundred eighty-six billion U.S. dollars. So, I mean, it, it is, um, it, it is a huge part hit. of their wealth. Yeah. Well, when, when the next episode, that's, that's overall money. And then in 2011, girl, oh, this last thing, uh, Guinness world records, uh, called it the top selling card game in history with 25.2 billion cards sold worldwide. Okay. That's yep. it. And so they, they, they do, they sell, as Brian said, it's a, uh, it's a constant trading and selling of cards and, uh, it's a, it's never moving. We're, Brandon, I'm sure has a lot more to dive into that and we'll do the next episode. The next yeah. episode is a little bit longer. That's fine. Cause there's, it may even like, there's so much information for our trading cards cause it's such a big part of the Anthropocene, right? It's, yeah. it's a big part of our world and, and what we do. Yeah. So um, I'll just, I'll just lightly touch it. Just cause I love Yu-Gi-Oh! And if you know the decks that I listed, I hit everything but basically ritual cards. Um, like uh, uh, Despi is all fusion. Um, uh, uh, Salad is a link uh, with some X's in it. And then um, the... Uh, God damn it. The other deck I have uh, yeah. is... Um, God, I handed it to you. Hold on. I got, I ha it's going to... It'll, it'll, I will not be able to, be able to move on. <laughs> I hate my brain sometimes. Oh, Virtual World. Um, it is it has Synchro, uh, Xyz. It can move into Fusion. Like it gets, it is, uh, it gets, it gets really spicy. So, so plainly put, how I am with baseball, where I could have just kept going off on tangents. Brandon will get that way with Yu Gi Oh. With Yu Gi Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll do more Yu Gi Oh in the next episode. We'll let him just a, a little, just little a, go, just a little bit, like three yeah. or four minutes. But that's it. Yeah. Um, It'll be it with Brandon. It won't be. It won't minutes. be that. But I'm saying that'll like be like few ten beats. minutes. Yeah. It'll yeah, be like hit, literally. He's gonna hit it for a few beats and then go. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna leave you with this gym. Because we gotta go before we get in trouble. Yep. Uh, and then we're gonna get out of here. Yep. We're just so. getting knocked out right now. Yep. Um, fair, I also but gotta... it's, it is fair. This guy kills me. Did I send it to you? You sent it to me. I did it to you. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> this is basically yeah. Yeah. The. <laughs> it is a it is jam though. It's a jam. Uh, I mean, the, the Nirvana. I don't know how they would react to that, but it is fun. It does sound like I like I, Dave Grohl would probably like it. He, yeah, he would think it's funny. It does sound decent. I, I for don't what know it is. if he was. I'm pretty sure he was the drummer during that the, during that period. I I think so too. But yeah, we, yeah. We have, I, I don't remember. It's been that. a while since I've I've looked yeah. into the history the, of, the of Nirvana. Spirit. I'm pretty sure he was good because it was that album that he joined. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because then he takes uh, Taylor Hawkins. From with the band, and then Taylor becomes the drummer of, of Foo, Foo Fighters, Fighters. Yep. And, and and Dave obviously the front man. Yep. Um, Dave's actually an incredible drummer. If you watch Tenacious D, he is the devil. Mm -hmm. He plays the devil. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's just like, a tremendous musician. And like, he even said he's like, "This is the only movie I'm ever doing. This is it. I yeah. get to play the devil. Are you fucking kidding me?" Um, yeah. And he loves Jack Black and and, and Kyle Gas. Obviously, <laughs> uh, get to make it into the Kyle Gas project. Maybe. Maybe. Riddle, diddle. Riddle. Anyways, I love you guys. Um, thank you for your patience and <laughs> yeah, your and your continued support. Um, 
you know, uh, we'll all be our back. Information is going to be yeah. in the episode description. Justin's a plancha. Um, so we're going to be back next episode. Uh, if we don't find some time to record for next weekend, which I don't think we're going to be able to, no, 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 uh, cause I'm, I'm leaving to Miami yeah, Thursday he's going on vacation. His, um, his best for, friends getting married. Yeah. For a bachelor party. Uh, but when we return because of the timing of it, it's going to be our scary stories. Yes. And then we'll return to the card game. That'll give Brandon a little bit more time to, yep. to flesh out. And then I'll, I have a couple of notes that I'm going to add as well um, for the card game thing. Uh, maybe surprise Brandon. Maybe won't surprise Brandon. We'll see how yeah. it works out. Well, I think it I, might work out he well. He wanted a list of all the, the, the card games that are still in print. And I made them at like 1030 last night. So yeah. um, I, like I'm telling you, like I had a focusing issue. But also I have ADHD. So like yep. when it comes to crunch time, I can focus. But... Because of the stresses, I, usually like I've been able to overcome that in my later adult life, but it's it's becoming an issue again. And I'm sorry, guys. He's just be patient with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Just he's be patient. With I think me. people, if you've listened to the, the episode a couple episodes ago, if you don't understand, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but yeah. we're we'll be back with scary stories in two weeks. Hope you guys are ready for them. I have like not written down an official story. I have been like workshopping in my brain multiple stories and I have not settled on one. But I do the same thing Brandon does. Like it's chaos and then like as it gets closer like they'll all focus into one. Yeah. So I've been like I cannot pin down the one I want to write about. Yeah. But we'll get it. I have mine. <laughs> I have already written the first part of it. Um, I I have to make some changes to it but um, the rest of the story should be able to go. I, I'm sure now. like the next couple of days I'm going to write something and then I'm either going to scrap it or it's going to be a living document until the show comes out. That's usually how it goes. Yep. Uh, so I, usually even <laughs> as like, we're like you read the story last time first, I was editing still yeah. my story. Yep. So it, it, it's, it's how it goes. That's how our notes and everything go to yeah. and our scripts, especially when we don't documents like our, my opening script, I open it up, I, I write it, I give it to Justin, he edits it or we sit down but then I'll go back over and edit his edit and then we'll sit down. Like at some point we will sit down and like, we really tear it apart. We completely changed the ending of this last one. We changed a couple parts in the middle, um, cleaned up the beginning. Like it just, that's how it goes. It's yep. part of the process. Yep. But enough of us rambling yep. on. We yeah, love, love you guys. guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon.